0: i'm dale mason publisher of answers magazine and this is creation answers a podcast of answers in genesis featuring highlights from the award-winning answers magazine i love easter when we celebrate the resurrection of our savior jesus 1 corinthians 15 verses 17 through 19 reminds us of the importance of the reality that christ rose from the dead it says that without the resurrection Our faith is futile, so it's really important to not only remember the significance of this event, but to have the answers that are needed for the skeptical questions often raised about its reality. Our first article was written by my friend Tim Chafee, who I call our resident resurrection expert. His article, The Resurrection, No Doubt About It, addresses some of the biggest questions, controversies, and alternative theories, our final authority must always be God's infallible Word.
1: Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Matthew chapter 28, verses 5-6 through 6. Unlike many world religions, Christianity's origins are not shrouded in an unwitnessed, mythical past. The Christian faith centers on the person and work of Jesus Christ. His life and miracles were witnessed by thousands, and His sacrificial death on the cross was also a public spectacle. Three days later, God raised His Son from the dead, and over the next forty days, Jesus appeared to hundreds of individuals. Overstating the importance of the resurrection is impossible. It conclusively demonstrated Christ's power over the grave, secured our hope of eternal life, and proved that He truly was and is the Son of God. Because He rose, Christ also proved that every non-Christian belief system is false and that He will eventually return to judge this world. Acts chapter 17, verses 30-31 through 31. So it's no surprise that people have tried to deny the historical reality of the resurrection. The attacks began the day of the miracle, Matthew chapter 28, verses 11 through 15, and have continued until the present day, from the Jesus seminar to the recent Jesus Myther fad. The ongoing assaults demonstrate that nobody has found a workable alternative. The biblical and historical evidence is just too overwhelming. Is there evidence that Jesus rose from the dead? The greatest proof of the resurrection available today is the Bible, which consists of historical documents inspired by God Himself. 2 Timothy 3, verse 16 His infallible Word tells us in no uncertain terms that Jesus rose from the dead. Matthew 28, verse 6 As such, we can have complete confidence in this fact. If someone rejects the Bible's authority, that person must still contend with the fact that multiple, reliable historical documents make these amazing claims. And based on evidence within the Bible itself, there is no reason to reject those claims. Even most secular historians have come to accept the evidence used in defense of Christ's resurrection, though they strive to reach a different conclusion about its significance. Testimony of Jesus Christ Consider the testimony of the people recorded in the Bible. First is Jesus Christ Himself. He claimed to be the sinless Son of God, and He prophesied He would rise from the dead on the third day. Matthew 20, verse 19 A prophecy also hinted at in the Old Testament. Psalm 16, verse 10 Isaiah 53, verses 8-10 through Since the Son of God cannot lie, it was impossible for such a person to remain in the grave many infallible proofs jesus made sure that others saw him so that they could confirm the reality that he lived again luke explains that jesus presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs acts chapter 1 verse 3 what could possibly qualify as an infallible proof that someone rose from the dead? Luke answers that question. Jesus was seen and heard by the apostles over the course of 40 days. He even ate with them, demonstrating that he wasn't a ghost. Luke chapter 24, verses 37-39 through 39. Scripture mentions at least ten post-resurrection appearances of Jesus, many of which are listed in 1 Corinthians. Jesus appeared separately to Paul, Peter, James, the rest of the apostles, and over 500 brethren at once. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 5 through 9. Most of these people were still alive when Paul wrote these words, implying that his readers could check with these witnesses if they didn't take his word for it. Even most modern critical scholars acknowledge that Paul heard this message within just a few years of the resurrection. Given the limited time between the event and the widespread sharing of it, many critics admit that it was not a legend developed over decades, but must be traced back to the disciples' early preaching. Conversion of Skeptical Witnesses, James and Paul The Lord's appearances to James and Paul are especially relevant to historians. Critics have often alleged that the original disciples were in such a malaise that they simply had hallucinations. This proposal is racked with its own problems, and it still fails to account for Christ's later appearances to James and Paul. James was the half-brother of Jesus, and he remained a skeptic throughout the Lord's earthly ministry. John chapter 7, verse 5 At one point, he and his kin claimed that Jesus was out of his mind. Mark chapter 3, verses 20-21 While on the cross, Jesus entrusted the care of his mother to his disciple John rather than one of his half-brothers, indicating that James likely had not yet come to believe. Yet soon after Jesus ascended to heaven, James was counted among the believers, Acts chapter 1 verse 14, and became a leader in the Jerusalem church, Galatians chapter 2 verse 9. What could account for this dramatic change? In all likelihood, he was convicted of his unbelief and believed in Jesus after seeing him alive following his execution. Paul is just as formidable a witness to the resurrection. He was not a blind follower, but the early church's most feared persecutor. Yet after confronting the risen Lord, Paul was transformed into perhaps the most influential Christian in history. He endured tremendous persecution including imprisonments, floggings, beatings, and even stoning for his faith. The only plausible explanation for Paul's changed life was his encounter with the risen Savior on the road to Damascus. Acts chapter 9, verses 1-9 through 9. Fearful to Fearless Christ's appearance to his original disciples led to another evidence for the resurrection the transformed lives of these frightened men when jesus was arrested they fled for their lives yet less than 2 months later they boldly proclaimed the resurrection in front of thousands of jews acts chapter 2 verse 23 peter was imprisoned multiple times yet he continued preaching about the risen lord until his martyrdom according to tradition all the disciples except john were martyred The only reasonable explanation for this transformation is precisely what the Bible teaches. They knew Jesus had died, but saw him alive again. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. The Empty Tomb The fact that Christ's body was no longer in the tomb is also consistent with the Bible's claim that he rose. Even the soldiers assigned to guard the tomb and the chief priests admitted it was empty leading the Jews to concoct a lie that the body was stolen. Matthew 28, verses 11-15 A marble tablet, now in France's National Library, indicates that the news of the stolen body had reached all the way to the Roman emperor, presumably Claudius, within about a decade of the resurrection. This tablet, discovered in the late 1870s and dubbed the Nazareth Inscription, prescribed a death sentence to anyone caught moving bodies from a tomb. It was not against typical grave robbers who stole valuables, but against body stealers. The inscription specifically mentions sepulchre sealing stones, which were used only in Israel. The only event in Israel that could reasonably explain such a decree is the lie concocted by the Jewish leaders. Thus, this tablet corroborates Matthew's account of these events. The existence of the Church The reality of the resurrection was central to the message the apostles preached. The book of Acts, almost universally recognized as reliable history of the period, claims that these men spoke about the resurrection repeatedly. Acts 2, verses 23-24 Chapter 3 verses 14-15, through 15, chapter 4, verses 10-12, through 12, chapter 4, verse 33, chapter 5, verses 30-31, through 31, and so on. So, contrary to the claims of many skeptics, the resurrection was not some doctrine dreamed up over decades or centuries by power-hungry church leaders. Even modern secular scholars acknowledge that the resurrection was the very heart of the church's message from the start. Principle of Embarrassment Modern historians recognize another fact that helps to authenticate the biblical accounts of the resurrection. The Principle of Embarrassment Why would writers of history invent details that do not seem to help their cause? For example, the first eyewitness of the risen Savior was not an important dignitary like Caiaphas, Pilate, or King Herod nor was it a leading disciple like Peter or John. Instead, it was a woman. And not just any woman, but Mary Magdalene, a woman from whom Jesus had cast seven demons. Luke 8, verse 2 Why would the Gospels claim that Mary was the first witness, when a woman's testimony, let alone a former demoniac, was not highly valued in first-century Israel? either the writers were quite foolish or exceedingly clever or they wrote precisely what happened changed hearts in later generations ephesians chapter 3 verse 17 explains that christ dwells in the hearts of believers christians throughout history have testified to the significant changes that the risen savior has worked in their lives unbelievers may scoff at such anecdotal evidence but genuine believers know beyond any shadow of a doubt that their lord is alive and well because they have experienced his work in their lives according to scripture the holy spirit's testimony in our hearts is an evidence too romans chapter 8 verse 16 and skeptics have no legitimate basis to reject this evidence out of hand the resurrection is not a mythical invention Instead, by raising Jesus from the dead, God gave assurance to all people that the apostles' message was true. Acts chapter 17, verse 31. He then ensured that this crucial miracle was confirmed by many infallible proofs. The efforts of skeptics to scrutinize the Bible's historical reliability ultimately reinforce our confidence in its authenticity. The early eyewitness encounters were faithfully penned in God's infallible word, giving assurance to future believers that we do indeed serve the risen Savior.
0: The author of that article was Tim Chafee. He's the content manager for the Creation Museum and Ark Encounter near Cincinnati, Ohio. The compelling evidence from Tim Chafee's article is expounded upon in the DVD study, Risen Without a Doubt. Discover more about the events surrounding the Lord's resurrection and share it with others. Order Risen Without a Doubt at AnswersBookstore.com. Our next article was written by Answers in Genesis speaker, Dr. Tommy Mitchell. It's a physician's perspective of the physical suffering and sacrifice Jesus endured for us. It's fascinating. During the Easter season, we usually hear again the stories of the Passion Week and the Crucifixion, Jesus' betrayal by Judas, his unfair trial, the road to Calvary, Jesus' last words. We also sing about the old rugged cross, but few look beyond these stories to consider what our Lord Jesus Christ actually endured during those hours on the cross. Unlike first-century Christians for whom crucifixion was a familiar reality, most of us have a sanitized view of our Lord's suffering. The physical suffering that Jesus willingly endured was beyond horrific. To better understand the extent of his suffering is to get a glimpse of his love for us. In the Garden The suffering began soon after the Last Supper when Jesus and his disciples went to the Garden of Gethsemane. Knowing that the time of his death was near, Jesus prayed intently. According to Luke twenty two forty four, being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Medical literature documents that bloody sweat, known as hematit roses, does occur. This condition is seen in rare instances of extreme emotional stress. The resulting blood loss is not severe, but it does cause the skin to be exquisitely tender, making what was to come even more painful during his trials. After these hours of emotional distress in the garden, Jesus was betrayed and arrested. His captors mocked and beat him. After he faced the Sanhedrin and the Roman authorities, he was ultimately sentenced to crucifixion on a cross. Before sentencing Jesus to death, Pilate attempted to appease the Jews by having him beaten. John 19.1 notes, So then Pilate took Jesus and scourged him. However, this brief description does not communicate the brutal nature of what was to follow. Scourging was a particularly vicious form of punishment. The victim was stripped of his clothes and his hands were raised above his head and tied to a post. Then one or two soldiers would repeatedly beat the victim with a whip, usually made of several leather strips and jagged pieces of iron or sheep bone tied onto them. One blow after another was delivered across the shoulders, back, and buttocks. Initial blows ripped gashes into his already tender skin, and those that followed dug deeper into our Savior's tissues, tearing muscles and blood vessels. The subsequent blood loss further weakened him. Torn and exposed nerves on the back caused indescribable pain. This brutal scourging was only the beginning of Jesus' suffering. After being untied from the blood-stained scourging post, the soldiers placed a scarlet robe on him. Each breath, each movement of his body, caused the robe to rub against his torn flesh. Then a crown of thorns was placed on his head. As the trained Roman soldiers beat him, these thorns drove deeper into his head, causing profuse bleeding and intense pain. Later the scarlet robe was torn from his back, reopening the deep wounds. How horrible was Jesus' suffering at this point. Isaiah 52.14 says, Just as many were astonished at you, so his visage was marred more than any man, and his form more than the sons of men. Jesus had been so severely beaten, he no longer looked like a human being. the cross. Jesus was then led to Calvary. In his weakened physical condition, he was apparently unable to carry his crossbeam to the place of crucifixion. Simon, a Cyrenian, bore the crossbeam for him. Nonetheless, each step must have been agonizing as the jarring aggravated the pain in the open wounds on Jesus' back. On arrival at the crucifixion site, The soldiers laid Jesus on his back against the crossbeam. As his back and shoulders rubbed against the beam, the wood must have dug into the open wounds, intensifying his pain. Next, the soldiers stretched his arms out and nailed his hands to the cross. As they raised the crossbar and placed it upon the upright post of the cross, the jolt must have caused unimaginable agony. And then his knees were flexed and his feet placed one on top of the other. In a typical crucifixion, a nail was then driven through the feet, fixing them to the cross. At this point, every movement of Jesus' body would bring pain. The weight of the body pulling on the outstretched hands, pain shooting through the arms and shoulders, the weight of the body pushing down on the nailed feet, All intensified the agony. In addition to the intense pain, victims of crucifixion experienced great difficulty breathing. Normally, when you breathe, the ribs raise, then passively recoil downward as you breathe out. But if your arms are outstretched and the full weight of your body is hanging down, The ribs would be elevated at all times. The natural recoil is difficult to achieve on the cross. As a result, the victim has to work both to inhale and exhale. Breathing out would require Jesus to push up on his feet nailed to the cross, causing extreme pain. As blood loss continued and pain took its toll on the body, breathing became progressively more difficult. To hasten the death of those condemned to the cross, soldiers often broke the legs of their victims. This resulted in suffocation. In fulfillment of prophecy, though, the soldiers did not need to break Jesus' legs because he had died just a few hours after being placed on the cross. The cause of death. Much has been written on the exact medical cause of Jesus' death. The possibilities include cardiac rupture, asphyxiation, cardiac arrhythmia, and hypervolemic shock. However, a close examination of Scripture gives the proper answer to this question. John 10, verses 17 and 18, tells us, Therefore, my Father loves me because i lay down my life that i may take it again no one takes it from me but i lay it down of myself i have power to lay it down and i have power to take it again this command i have received from my father when jesus had fulfilled all on the cross john 19:30 tells us he said it is finished and bowing his head He gave up his spirit. It usually took two to five days for a person to die by crucifixion. Jesus died in only a few hours. Why the difference? The reason is simply that Jesus chose to die. He willingly gave up his life when his work was done. We would all do well to remember that at any point, Jesus could have stopped the terrible torture that he suffered He endured it because he loves us, despite our unworthiness. As horrible as his physical suffering was, we must understand that it paled in comparison to the suffering he endured in his heart as he took upon himself the sins of the world and was separated from his Father. That is indeed love beyond compare. The title of that article was Our Suffering Savior, A Physician's Perspective by Dr. Tommy Mitchell. What a poignant reminder of the love that Jesus has for us. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed these articles, there are hundreds more at our website, AnswersMagazine.com. The links to today's articles are listed in our show notes, and I encourage you to subscribe to receive the magazine in your mailbox every other month. You will love that you're better able to share and defend your faith. I'm Dale Mason, publisher at Answers Magazine, and for the entire team, God bless. If you like the Creation Answers podcast, you'll love Answers Magazine. Subscribe for a full year of the print edition and you'll automatically get access to the audio and digital versions of every issue as well. Right now, you can even save an extra 10%. Just enter the exclusive discount code PODCAST10 at AnswersMagazine.com. That's PODCAST10 at AnswersMagazine.com.